Alright everybody, welcome to the Knicks Take Podcast, episode 12. I am your host, Joshua Focused, alongside French, the man who does not understand why Frank is not playing. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, while that is a valid question, yeah, we are a weekly podcast. We come out every Sunday, record every Saturday. You can find us on Twitter at the Knicks Take on Instagram, the Knicks Take, Facebook.com slash Knicks Take Media, YouTube on Knicks Take Videos. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. NBA playoffs. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to a rocky start. Oh, boy. So, I'm trying to find some energy because I've had like. Two nights where I've been drinking and yelling at my TV. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's kind of hard. And we'll talk about why exactly it's a little hard to find the energy after that. But <clears throat> we can talk about the rest of the playoffs, what's going on, what else is going on in the league. Because for all we know, this could this could affect the Knicks in the future. So let's talk about Western Conference playoffs. So Utah Jazz faced the Memphis Grizzlies. French, me and you talked about what we thought was going to happen. I think you said Utah's going to sweep them. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a gentleman sweep, I think. Yeah, so it could still be a gentleman sweep. Right now it's 1-1, and mm-hmm. so which is surprising. It means Memphis took one out, took one away from Utah Jazz. And this is what it, this is this is also kind of interesting, I guess because of how the league schedules the playoffs. I noticed that the both the one eight seed games, they've only played two games. Meanwhile, the Knicks are going to be playing tomorrow, the fourth game against the Hawks. Uh, and we already have a series that's already over, which we're going to talk about later. But uh, let's get to Suns versus Lakers. I was watching that game right before going to see game one of the Knicks. Mm. Game one, Phoenix Suns was like, yeah, we're the one seed. So you come to our house, that means we're gonna we're gonna win. <laughs> no, they're the two seed. Oh, the two seed. Excuse me, Utah's one seed. Phoenix yeah. said, "Yeah, we got a home court advantage. We two seed. We could have, you know, we we're not gonna just lose to y'all. I don't care if we got LeBron. I don't care like <laughs> got AD. What is this? And uh, they took game one. Yeah, Chris Paul went well. And I didn't watch game two, but apparently Chris Paul got hurt. And then Phoenix Chris lost Paul game two. This hurt. They lost game two. Right. And then they went to LA and then proceeded to lose game three. I don't know. I've been too invested in the Knicks to kind of follow what's going on there. But is Chris Paul like really hurt? Because he played in game three, didn't he? I mean, everybody's hurt at this point in the season. Like, if you well enough to play, you should. I don't think I should call, it, call you hurt. Mm. If you're well enough to play, you're available. <laughs> French calling out Chris Paul, saying he's soft. <laughs> I didn't say all that. Yo, if you, I'm if you, just saying. If you can play if on the court, lose, you ain't hurt. I don't want to hear no excuses. If you lose, and you was playing, I don't want to hear nothing about no injuries. I don't want to hear nothing about none of that, because every team is dealing with injuries. LeBron just came back from an ankle injury. He's not 100%. AD just came back from injury. He ain't 100%. Who do you think's taking game four? Probably the Suns. Okay. 
All right, that's fair. All right, let's move on because we got a lot to talk about. Ooh, Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. And that game, actually, game four of that series just ended, I believe, right before we started recording. And Portland has tied the series Mm 2-2 after stealing the first game, losing the next two, and then they just won the last game. Yep. What do we? What do we? we, Did we say Denver in six or seven? I think I said. I think you said seven. Remember, probably. I think you said seven, and that's that's the way this. this, Either way, Denver's coming out. That's the way this is shaping up. You know, I, I don't know. I I think I just expected Denver. I was surprised to see Denver lose the first game, and then when they took one back, I was like, all right, then maybe this will be, you know. They're going to show why they have the MVP. Maybe they're going to show, like, okay, they are top three seed for a reason. And, I mean, they was just in the Western Conference Finals last year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether I don't know whether to be cautious about Denver or to just tip my cap to Portland. Could do both. Okay. Game four or sorry, series four. (laughs) <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they. I don't know, man. The Clippers is looking like it's about to be a whole rebuild over there if they lose this series. Well, you said they're gonna get swept. The last podcast, <laughs> you said they're gonna get they swept down, by the Mavs. They're down three one right now. No, it's only two one. I'm. I thought two one. I mean two one. Yeah, you're right. I'm bugging. And then Luca is, is gonna be. Either he's going to be playing hurt or he's going to be out in game four. Does that change your perspective on how the series is going to go? Well, Luca's the reason why they're up two Absolutely. games. Absolutely. So, Luca, Luca, if Luca's on the court, Dallas is – if Luca's on the court and healthy, yeah, Dallas is coming out. That's my prediction. Right. And then they need if to Luka's blow up playing, LA. I'm picking the Dallas Mavericks because he, he got their number. All right. So, not much to say about those games. Mm. I think I have slightly more to say about the Eastern Conference games, though. Yep. So, the, o- the other one, 8 seed, 76ers versus Wizards. Got nothing to say about that. 76ers is up 2-0. They look like they... It's going to be 4-0. Yeah, they look like they may be getting the sweep. The next game, the next series, though, Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. Now, we, I thought, and you thought... Brooklyn should sweep, and I did give I I did give I did give myself a little bit of wiggle room, and I said that if the big three kind of fall asleep, and then Jason Tatum Jason Tatum comes out, shows out the vets over there in Boston, if they you know did what they had to do, I thought they could take a game, and they took one. They took one last night. It took fifty from Tatum to get it. I didn't see I didn't see it coming after after them first two games. And it's crazy I, because I saw someone on Twitter say it was a Boston fan. He was like, "It doesn't matter if Tatum gets fifty, the Celtics have no chance to win a game against the Nets." <laughs> Literally, you know, right before the game happened, I saw. And that. then he dropped fifty, and it was like, and then he dropped oh. fifty and won. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I know he feel like, damn. I should say that before every game now. Tatum ain't scoring; isn't averaging fifty for the rest of the series, so it don't matter. Well, he could. They don't play no defense in Brooklyn. 
it's not about whether he it's not about whether he could. He's not going to. And even if he did, I still don't think it's going to change the series. Six is about to play the Wizards right now, too. I'm not worried about that. I'm not interested in that right now. Unless the Wizards let's look like about, they could. Let, let's talk about how Miami <laughs> just got swept. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about Everybody was talking about, yo, I'm scared of Miami, including me. I'm scared of Miami. I'd rather see uh, Atlanta or Milwaukee. Right. And they, has, they ain't get a single win. Jimmy Butler's shooting like Julius Randle out there. I'm like, God damn. Miami. A playoff Julius Randle, I should say. Uh, Miami had me fooled after game one. And I remember what I said. I said, unless unless Milwaukee looks like they completely figured out Miami in game two, I don't know. And then Milwaukee said, Milwaukee must listen to the, the Bucks, Giannis, all of them must listen to this podcast because literally in game two, it was never a game. And then they came out in game three and was like, just in case you thought game two was a fluke, we're going to do it again. We'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's then, like Milwaukee Milwaukee got a lot tougher this year. Mm. They got Drew Holiday. They got P.J. Tucker. They got Bobby Porters. They got a bunch of guys who. Why do you keep bringing up Bobby Porters? <laughs> nah, Bobby Porters is tougher than. He's a goon, but. That's oh what I'm saying. God. Like. They, Miami's not going to scare Milwaukee into, like, losing a game because Jimmy Butler and these guys are just tougher than you. If you got these guys who are rough riders who you know is going to stand up for you, is going to push people back and going to be able to score. Like, Drew Holiday's a big upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. And Bobby Portis is legit off the bench because we saw him last year. He was able to score... Not like how he's doing this year, but he's giving them a little something off the bench with Brooke Lopez and them. I, I they, really, they're a solid team. I really don't want to hear about Bobby Portis, but he's balling this year. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Then game four, it kind of looked like Miami was trying to make it a little bit respectable, but mm-hmm. didn't seem to help any. Still got swept. Still got swept. It's got to be embarrassing. Who was that? Haslam? Haslam was throwing a fit on the. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. I, I seen it earlier today where somebody, I couldn't, I, the tweet was, play three minutes all season and, and talk to your teammates like this in the playoff game. <laughs> and I see, I think it's Haslam taking be. a chair, throwing it, and yelling at everybody. <laughs> and I, I was like, he's, yeah. he's tight. <laughs> but yeah, you should have did that in game two. <laughs> that's what it's, nah, he 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 been doing that. Every game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Donis Haslam. Every time I see you, Donis Haslam, on a heat bench, he's screaming at somebody, throwing chairs, throwing a fit. Like, this is, damn, relax. This is, regular, this is regular for him. Yeah, that's regular for him. That's the reason why he keep getting the contract. He keep inspiring hope. In the, well, he didn't inspire in the, shit because yeah. they got their ass whooped. Swept. Yeah, he, inspired, he inspired something last year when he went to the finals. Oh, man. And, and, and this series... Along with some of the other series is kind of, I wanted to kind of start off with that because I'm going to reference it later. Mm-hmm. But I told you to begin before this series happened, like some guys may not come back if the Knicks get swept. And you said that ain't going to happen. And I said, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen either. And the Knicks are not, the Knicks are not one of the teams this year who is getting swept in the playoffs. So that's already a positive. 
We ain't playing like a team that ain't going to get swept in the playoffs. Yeah, well, we still have to avoid the gentleman's sweep. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that next. We're going to talk about the entire series, starting with Game One, and Game One at the Garden, which you attended, French. Yeah, I was there. It was <laughs> so many people, yo! Like yeah. you forget how many people could fit in the Garden, and it wasn't even full capacity. Yeah, it was half. It was what half of it was vaccinated, and the other half was unvaccinated. Where. They had it didn't even look like half. It looked like it was a little small section that was unvaccinated, a little small. And everybody, it was like every other four seats or something, something like that. Yeah, I guess so. But it, as far as I could see, everybody was shoulder to shoulder. Mm. But the thing is, when I bought my tickets, I'm thinking the seats are way closer than they are. I was in the nosebleeds. I was pissed. <laughs> I'm looking at the TV because I can't see nobody's face. I'm like, God damn, I'm so far away. Yeah. It was still fun, though. No, it's always, uh, even though you might be in the nosebleeds, there's not really a bad seat in the garden, so. Yeah, there's not. You, you it's know, hot and, as hell, though. And, and you get to be a part of, you know, the moment and, and feel everything in person, live. Yeah, it was <laughs> intense. So. I almost uh, lost I'm, my voice. <laughs> I bet you did. So, uh, before we get into the actual game, I want to just recap what I said were the matchups that the Knicks and the Hawks for the series were. I said every guard except Alfred Payton versus Trey Young, where I thought Trey mm-hmm. Young was going to win that. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Ugh, I keep messing Bogey. up his name. Bogey Bogdanovich versus Reggie Bullock. I said Bogey's going to win in terms of the stat line, but Reggie's going to do well in terms of limiting his ability to score. DeAndre Hunter versus R.J. Barrett or John Collins versus R.J. Barrett, depending on how Atlanta decided to play their lineup. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know how that was going to go. John Collins versus Julius Randle or DeAndre DeAndre Hunter versus Julius Randle. I said Julius Randle was going to win that. And Nerlens Noel versus Clint Capella. I said Clint Capella was going to win that. I also had a matchup of who's got the deeper bench. I also didn't talk about this last episode. I said the things for the Knicks to look out for, they need to be looking out for the fouling, making sure that they don't put the Hawks too much on the foul line. They need to look out for Trey Young's craftiness, the Hunter Barrett matchup that I mentioned earlier, the rebounding battle, and the Hawks bench. So I don't know whether I want to go through this game at one point, I was thinking, could it go through this game quarter by quarter? I don't know if I want to go through it moment by moment or if I just want to kind of talk about some of the overall things. I, matter of fact, since you were at the game, I'm going to let you take lead. That game pissed me off. <laughs> like, we was down damn near the whole, a whole game. I couldn't even be excited until, like, um, the late third quarter when we went on that comeback. Mm-hmm. Like, the Hawks were just outscoring us every, well, not every quarter, but it felt like every quarter. Because they had the lead damn near the whole game up until the late second half. And then Frank wasn't playing the whole game. He came in for, like, two seconds in the first half to end. At, to like, it was like a, a, a last-second shot. And the Hawks had possession, and they subbed him in real quick. And then that was it. Never saw him again until the last possession. But we're going to get to that in a second. So, which was another thing that pissed me off. Like, I don't understand the type of decisions that's going on in these playoffs. 
So I think I figured out how I want to talk about this. I'm going to, I'm going to go by based on emotions and I'm going to ask you because I saw it on TV. You saw it live. We both expected Alfred Payton to start this game. Still pissed me off to see him start, but he started. Then the Knicks got off to a slow start. Atlanta took control. I'm actually, no, I, that, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. When the Knicks and the Hawks both started, they both started slow. And by the time Alfred Payton, yeah, they did. In game one, they did. Because I, I rewatched that first section just to kind of reaffirm how I felt. And did they go up by like 10, 15 points I, 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 in the first quarter? I, they did. But it didn't happen until after Derrick Rose got on the court. So what I first felt was like, oh, and I, but I, I still do feel this way. If you get rid of those Alfred Payton minutes and let D Rose start instead, it probably makes it's one of the things that makes a difference in this game. Because he went out there, he didn't guard Trey Young the way he was supposed to. The Hawks got into their offensive rhythm way before the Knicks did, and the Knicks only got into their offensive rhythm once Derrick Rose got into his offensive rhythm, which happened later in the game because he's coming in after four minutes. But if we would be fair, the Hawks didn't get out, get out to that big lead until way after Alfred Payton was off the court. So I'm going to be fair. I don't think I still think that the right decision was to is to bench him at this point because he didn't do anything for us, even though he didn't really hurt us at the time either. But he didn't do anything to help us. D Rose comes in. Hawks start finding their rhythm. They start doing all their little. Trey Young starts doing all his floaters and lobs and all that. And then the rest of the Knicks bench comes in after we're down 10 or whatever. And the Knicks bench make me start to believe again that, okay, this is still anybody's game. We're outplaying the Hawks bench. Oh, we topping. Specific. Yeah, that's what I wanted you to get to. <laughs> Let's talk about Obi. My boy. He outplaying a Julius Randle. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Play Obi some more minutes. Well, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> yes, you did. Talk your ish. <laughs> uh, yeah, Obi Toppin came in. I can't lie. He played some meaningful minutes. He brought the guard into his feet, to their feet several times. Quickly came out, played well. Alec Burks came out, played well. We're still talking first half. And D. Rose found his rhythm. And Taj Gibson was the better of the two centers on the court. So, so in game one, the starters were losing the game while the bench kept us in it up until the half. And let me get to halftime. So the game was a two-point game, 50 to 52, with the Hawks winning by two points at halftime. And as French noted, Frank Nilakina comes in for like two seconds to guard, which I'm like, why are we doing that? Why? What, like, what, just don't even play him. What is the point at this point? Don't to, play him if you're going to play him for three seconds a game. Like, what's I, the point? I don't get it. I don't get it. If you trust him in big moments, then why don't you trust him for larger? His offense is not that bad. To the point where you have to only put, bring him out for defensive purposes only. It's not. It ain't worse than Alfred Payton. I tell it's you that not. Much. It's not. I, if Alfred could start, Frank could get minutes. Before game, before, and this is not going to spoil anything, but before game two, someone tweeted, 
that Alfred Payton is better than Frank Nilakina. To which I responded, Fuck. I'm sorry, mom. Cursing. <laughs> they said Who he's said better. That? He said he's better. Um, let me be fair to that person. They said he's better offensively than Frank Nilakina. To which I had to respond. Over the last eight games, when's the last time Frank Nila, Frank Nilakina has scored more points than Alfred Payton, which is bad considering he didn't play in one game. Actually, this was after game two. This is bad because he didn't play in one game, and he only played. He played less than forty seconds in about three other ones. Alfred hasn't scored a basket in like a month. <laughs> so I, there is really, if you start Alfred Payton, I don't understand why you don't give Frank any minutes. But I digress. So after the half, right, the Knicks come out and there's still Alfred Payton starts the third quarter again. Knicks start losing again. And then Knicks have to basically come back on the backs of Obi Toppin, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, and Emmanuel Quickly. A few big moments happened in this game. Obi Toppin had a... Oh, actually, no. R.J. Barrett had a big moment in this game, too. Excuse me. I don't remember which quarter this was. But how did you react when you saw that R.J. Barrett poster <laughs> on... Who was that? Herder? Yeah. That my boy, it was, I didn't even know he could leap from that so. far. <laughs> I knew I knew he could jump from that far. I'm like, I know he got hops. So I'm like, why he don't ever do this in a game? But when that happened, the roof of MSG like exploded. It like, exploded. My eardrums was ringing. I'm like, oh, I couldn't even enjoy the dunk because I'm like, oh, my ears. Everybody's screaming in my section. I had to give uh, Jai my headphones because it was so loud. The noise cancellation headphones. I'm like, God damn. I forgot that, what it's like to be in here. That I think that was in the first half. But mm -hmm. RJ, on a fast break after a turnover, I think D. Rose passed him the ball. He catches it at the three-point line, takes one dribble, takes one step, jumps from basically the side of the paint from way outside the restricted area, and just mm, yams it on. I was like, yo. I don't know why that wasn't a foul either. Why? Why am I? Well, game one was, it was a little bit funny because they were calling it one way for the first three quarters. We're going to get to that. Actually, we're going to get to it. Actually, no, we're not. So that was one. The referees really game one for me. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin had a dunk and a three-pointer in game one that I know the garden in clutch moments in clutch moments in the third mm -hmm. in the third quarter I believe and Emmanuel quickly knocked down the three-pointer from that also made the roof 30. explode that, yep and that game one is basically a game it, it was like a movie in terms of how Everything played out. You know, the Knicks went down. His hometown crowd. Everybody had like pent up. All they want to do is cheer. And they see us. We're losing. And Atlanta's taking control. RJ Barrett and Julius Randle aren't playing their best games. They're nowhere to be found for through at this point, the first three quarters. And just these little moments with RJ's dunk, Obi Toppin's dunk, Obi Toppin's three, Emmanuel Quickly's three. Just, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, we were supposed to win game one. <laughs> well, thank you for spoiling the lead. But we go into the fourth quarter. It's the playoffs. Everybody see. We go into the fourth quarter. It's a great back and forth game. Alec Burks 
starts taking over in the fourth quarter. He scored, what, like 20 points or 18 points in the fourth quarter alone? He's a bucket. He was a bucket in this game anyway. So it seems like the Knicks have uh, – Knicks are going to claw away with one. They have the lead off of an Alec Burks 16-footer, 103-100, with a minute and 11 left to go in the game. And then Bogdanovich comes back – well, comes in the game – Actually, he might have already been in the game, but a pass goes out to the corner from Trey Young. Ball basically hits R.J. Barrett in the shoulder. I'm hyped. I'm like, oh, we about to steal the ball. We about to seal the game. Somehow, the ball still caroms off his shoulder and gets to... Slips into his hands. Gets into his hands magically, and he knocks down the open three. Ties the game. Then on the other end, Alec Burks gets a jump shot that is almost exactly like the same jump shot that he no, just no, no, made. No, 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 I don't think the three tied the game. I think we were up five. We were up he five. He hit that three. We lost the ball out of bounds or something. And then on the next play, Trey Young got that stupid-ass foul call on R.J. <laughs> Barrett on a fast break where he barely touched him and he still got the two free throws. And that's what tied the game. I'm, gonna, I'm looking through the play-by-play right now. It, that did tie the game. The three. The three tied the game. And then right after that was the stupid foul that gave them the lead. And then D-Rose hit the floater, the clutch for the – oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. D-Rose so, hit the clutch floater that was going to force overtime. <laughs> and then the last play of the game happened. So, yeah. So, Trey Young takes the lead on some free throws. Derrick Rose hits a clutch – Clutch, clutch floater. And every time I think about the end of this game, how the end of this game played out, I think about the last few games of the regular season. And, and think about the podcast that we had where I was like, I, there's the the execution, the way that the, the team executing, the, the way that they're not doing things the way that they normally have been. You know, everything that I wasn't liking from the team, it showed up in, in the last five 10 seconds of the game. In what aspect? Well. Because I feel like this is a brand new team. I, this team that I've been seeing. These, it's not the these team that we've been games, watching all, all season. It's not the team that we've been watching all season long. So Only person that showed up is Derrick Rose each game. So the, the two plays and that. Obi. The two plays that made me feel this way. And I, I, maybe I'm being unfair. But. This team seemed like they didn't know what they wanted to do defensively or offensively or offensively to end the game. And just as much as the fact that Julius Randle never showed up, just as much as the fact that RJ and Reggie couldn't hit any threes, just as much as that ball hit RJ's shoulder and just magically ended up in Bogey's hands, to tie the game just as much as that ticky tack foul that was called on RJ Barrett, a call that was not made all game, but was made in the deciding moments of the fourth quarter, just as much as all of those played a role in the Knicks losing game one, the decision to put Frank in for one second after playing one second in the first half, putting him in just to guard Trey for one possession 
in a moment where you can't hear anything in the garden because it's so loud. So you need to be able to understand the flow of the game. And Frank looked like he didn't know what he was supposed to do out there when he was on the court before they inbounded the ball. And then he kind of figured cold. it out. And he figured cold. it out. He figured it out. He figured out what the coach wanted him to, wanted from him, expected of him. And it just didn't go the way that he that we wanted it to go. He lets he 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 guards Trey. Taj comes up to help, confuses Frank a little bit. Frank lets Trey go right. Trey knocks down the floater, puts the Hawks up 107-105 with 0.9 seconds left in the game. I'd rather I, you foul, son. Like, I'd rather you just foul him at the three. Make him shoot free throws, and we got more time to come up with a play than to just let him get a floater. I, I don't No, like I, don't, he, I, don't, I don't even agree with that. I'm like I'm sitting in the arena watching him literally go to the exact same spot over you're, and over. You're recording it. and throw the same floater up over and over. And yeah. I'm just like, yo, when I saw that they had possession with nine seconds left, I'm like, watch, he's gonna get a wide up a floater, and then we're gonna lose the game. I did not feel comfortable with that lead. I mean, with with the game tied with nine seconds left <laughs> because I've seen this happen over and over. And when he threw Frank in the game, I'm like, okay, I hope Frank is ready. Like, he ain't play all game. I'm hoping that he's ready. He can shut him down for this one play, even though he's, like, he's on fire. Like, nobody's stopping him from scoring. He's literally just throwing the ball up, and it's going in every time. And now Frank comes in for the most important possession of your season so far. Cold, and you want him to stop Trey Young, who's about to score 30. I think that it makes no sense. I agree with you. I agree with you that it made that decision made no sense. An entire week has gone by and I'm still upset about that. I had on a Frank jersey at the game. Niggas were saying, talk, coming up to me like you need to go burn that. I'm like, I, I don't man. I don't think it's I don't think I think everybody is just really emotional and they, as they should be because it's the first Knicks playoff series in years and this is the best team that we've had in years. And that Game one like performance was, well, the, the same thing can be said about the Atlanta Hawks, though. Like, everything you can say about the Knicks, the same thing is true for the Atlanta Hawks. How? The Hawks and the Knicks are essentially, the Hawks have, weren't in the playoffs last year. The Hawks haven't been in the playoffs in a while. They're, 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 their best player is in his first playoff series, just like our best player. He ain't looking like it. That team has a bunch of young players, a mix of young players, and a mix of vets, just like this team. I don't – they're a well-coached team. I have a lot of crap to say about Nate McMillan's coaching as far as the playoffs go. But right now, in that game anyway, in that game, he outcoached Tom Thibodeau. In every game, Cam Nate <laughs> outcoached Tom Thibodeau except for game two. So I, I don't – I see why people get upset with Frank. I don't think that's fair. I, I do think Frank did mess up. I do think Frank made a bad choice in terms of letting Trey go right. But I also, I'm not there when they're in practice. I'm not there when, like, I don't know how much Frank knows. And Frank hasn't had, has had maybe one possession all game to kind of know what Trey likes to do and what Trey doesn't like to do. And Trey is shifty as hell. And Trey is quick as hell. So, Unless you're ready for it, 
it's not fair to put him in there. I would have rather, much rather them just put Reggie Bullock on him for that last possession as opposed to put Frank out there for one possession. It makes no sense. But it wasn't just Frank. I think Taj did something where it was like, all right, you kind of threw Frank off there. If you want Frank to guard him one-on-one, then why are you having Taj help? And if you're having Taj help, why are you having Taj help? <laughs> Taj shouldn't be the help. Taj should be at the rim ready to step up and get the block, which he did come back and he was ready to try and block, but he was so, he was just executed so poorly. Executed and if you're so help, poorly. Help, trap him, double him, and that, make sure he don't have no lane to run nowhere. That's, that's the point I wanted to make is that, and I think he did try, but Frank There's didn't no compensate enough. Yeah, it was too loud. It was just, it, it was just one of those things where, you, the coach is expecting things from his players, and it's not fair for him to expect them because they probably can't hear each other on the court. You got a guy out there who's cold and do, has no feel for the game, and, you know, wh- whatever you're expecting it might be the right move, but it's just not fair to expect that from especially when you got a guy like Trey Young who's been hitting his shot consistently, as French note, mentioned. And then you have the last possession of the game. Then you have the last possession of the game where you have 0.9 seconds. I said, Trey hit that floater with 0.9 seconds left in the game. Next call timeout. Get the ball on, you know, at half court. They can throw it in and get a quality look with 0.9 seconds. And then they throw it in to Julius Randle, who everybody's expecting it to go to. Except they throw it into Julius Randle with his back to the basket. So he has to shoot a turnaround jumper, which he missed anyway. And didn't get off in time. Like, make a fucking play. Which he did. He hasn't been hitting his shots all game either. So why does he... Alec Burks, who's been hitting all his shots, which I understand, okay, maybe you use Alec Burks as the decoy. Like, but why are we acting like we don't got no one who can get a lob at the rim? Throw Obi in the game, lob the ball at the rim. It's .9 seconds left. It's not rocket science. Set a bunch of screens, do a play, and make sure that someone gets wide open at the rim. If he doesn't get wide open quickly, then you have a bunch of shooters on the team. Make that, a play. That, Don't give the ball to Julius Randle just because he's the highest played, paid Nick on the team and he's the leader of the team. He's all NBA. He's most approved. I mean, that's sounds... fade away at the free throw line at the top of the key for the game with the game on the line at home. That doesn't even sound not... like a good play. Like, does it with even nine do seconds you... left? Nobody had faith that that shot was going in. No, but Julius Randle didn't think that shot was going in. It didn't matter if it went in anyway because he couldn't get it off in time because it was a turnaround shot at .9 seconds. He literally had to catch and try and toss it at the rim without looking at it in order for the shot to be able to go off. You can't do a turnaround in .9 seconds. You can't. Like, make a play. Make a play. You have to give give the ball to somebody who while catching it, can still look at the rim. And you gave Julius no opportunity to even look at the rim. I'm not even mad at him giving it to the rim. I'm not even mad that Julius got the shot. I'm mad at how he got the shot because the way he had to catch that pass, there was absolutely no way we were going to win that game. Or or, or not even win. Tie it so we can go into overtime because that's really what we were playing for at that point. Either go for the win with a three. I don't think you should go for the win at home. No, go for the go. If you're going to go, if you're going to shoot, Either go for the win or design a play that you can actually get off with 0.9 seconds. Shot. It's that simple. But 
Don't just throw it into Julius and say, Julius, save us. Like, no, come on. And it wasn't like he had enough space even. Like, he was in between two Knicks and three Hawks. He had, yeah, he had, he was triple teamed at the time. So it's like, Taj you could have given right it to there. Burks is right there. You could have given it to Dame somebody Man who was all open. On him. You could have given it to somebody who was open or have somebody say, yo, you go get open. They triple teaming Julius. And let them shoot. I don't care if Taj Gibson has to shoot a three-pointer at this point. I don't care. Get a quality shot off. Please, just get a quality shot off. And that was Make like, a play to get someone open. And I know I don't know how you felt, French, but I was I was okay. I was okay after that game. Because I, I thought that it was close, and I thought, well, if the first game is this close. That means probably all of the rest of the game. And I said, this loss is on Julius, and this loss is on Thibodeau. And I didn't know who I wanted to give the loss more to, but I think I ended up settling on our coach because he keeps going to Alfred Payton and pulling him after four minutes, which makes no sense. Alfred Payton is not the reason we lost his game. I didn't say Alfred Payton is the reason we lost the game. But like I mentioned earlier, okay, yeah, by the time he got out, it was it was still a game. It's not like they pulled away when he was on the court. But you have Derrick Rose out there. Let's put it like this: you put Derrick Rose out there. He had he, that four minutes that it took for Alfred Payton to play. That's the four minutes that it took Derrick Rose before he was able to find his rhythm and start hitting his shots. At this point, now the Knicks and the Hawks are finding their rhythm at the same time. Now, at the end of the game, the Hawks are trying to come back because now Burks is hot. Obi's hot. Quickly's hot. Derrick Rose found his rhythm earlier in the game. Like you, you're not having to come from behind. You having the Hawks have to come from behind because you found your rhythm at the same time. The Hawks did. Now the bench comes in and the Knicks bench is better than the Hawks bench. The Knicks bench at home has been better than the Hawks bench at home at, when they had the garden. It, it has been in the first two games. And we're going to get into game two, but in the first two games, the Knicks bench has been better. So, and game one, it was because of Burks. And Obi. And Obi. And quickly. And quickly. So, and Rose. So, and then their bench was, was Basura. So, you get that starting lineup right, even if it's only D. Rose who's scoring. All right, cool. But you get them so that they're at least somewhat competitive with the Hawks. The bench comes in. They make the, they, we have the lead at halftime. It's a two-point game. It's a two, it was a two-point game at halftime. It was a two-point game to end the game. You're wasting eight minutes on Alfred Payton, who scored zero points. All right. I'm not blaming it on Alfred Payton, but I'm saying that the coach, I'm blaming it on the coach. I'm not blaming it on Elf. I'm blaming it on the coach for wasting four minutes at the point guard spot that you could have given to somebody else. I'm not going to complain about the four. I'm we complaining about the Knicks. I'm, I'm complaining about Alfred Payton and we'd still lost to this team team. You're getting all burying the lead way, way. I'm just going to make, I'm, I'm going to come back to that because you're right. But in game one, we had good Derek Rose, good Alec Burks, good quickly, good Obi, good, good Taj, from RJ. And, and good moments from RJ. You wasted that in game one and lost. So, and I'm, that's not the main, I wasn't done with Alfred. I was, that's also them two plays at the end of the game where you throw Frank in and then you have them lob the ball into Julius Randle for a turnaround. It's for not, not making it difficult on the Hawks at all in game one. You let 
like there is a difference to me anyway from when I watch the games. There is a difference between game one and game two and how the Knicks defense approached Trey Young. There is a difference. Why in game one did Thibodeau not have the team playing the way he had them playing in game two? I don't know. But I just I'm putting that understand. on I'm putting that on Tom too. So without further ado, we're going to game two in the garden. Knicks start off with Peyton again. I'm like, all right. They come out. Actually, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. They played a until it was <laughs> until it was bad. They did a little. They, they they had a little feisty first few minutes, yeah. and then the Hawks went up. But like, yeah, Alfred eight, earned nine, ten again. Alfred earned you know the extra two minutes. But 15. in those in those extra two minutes, I'm trying to remember. Like I didn't even notice anything that terrible about it until I I was reading the newsletter from Macri on Nick's Film School where he pointed out a couple plays where Peyton hurt the Knicks on both offense and defense before he was pulled out of the game. And after I seen that, I was like, hmm. And he also referenced that Alfred took a couple of shots that he had no business taking, which kind of slowed our offense down, (laughs) slowed our offense down right when Atlanta started to pick it up. And right it's out the gate, right out the gate, the Atlanta's like just started taking advantage. Then the Knicks bench comes in and does what they did in game one. They start making it a little bit closer. But the problem with the Knicks in game one and game two, and we'll get into it, but also game three, three of their starters who have been reliable scorers are not scoring. Julius Randle had a bad game one. He had an even worse game two to start the game. R.J. Barrett had no moments at all in game two. Reggie Bullock in the first half of game two could not hit a shot. And Atlanta Atlanta just feasted on us. They went 15, 16, 17. The bench came in. They kind of stopped the bleeding. The starters came back in. And, yeah, as French indicated, we went down by what? I'm going to look for the score right now. Hawks-Knicks, second quarter. So the end of the half, after a layup by R.J. Barrett, the score was 57-44. to 44. So a 13-point lead at halftime. At halftime, you were scared, right? Yeah, I'm thinking if we lose both these games at home, you were worried about going to be you, a disappointment. You were worried about sweep at this point? I don't think it was going to be a sweep. I thought we would probably take one game in Atlanta if we lost both. But... Even still, I'd be, like, really disappointed if we lost both home games. Like, I have very, very little confidence that we're going to win this series. Right now? Well, we'll get to that. No, hold on to that. So, at halftime, I was like, I still think that we can come back and win this. But if we don't come back and win this, it's going to be because of the exact same thing from game one, except we don't have Alec Burks to make it close. And if we lose game two for the same reasons that we lost game one, because I, I, I was like, all right, game one, Julius Randle came off of five game stretch, five, five day or seven day, not playing basketball. He's right. You know, this always happens when he comes back from a long layover. He's bad to start. He'll be back in game two. And then he started the half the way he did. And I said, if he does not come back and play the way that we know him to play, that means that the Knicks have a very good chance of getting swept. We got to just call it how we see it. He's getting locked up. I don't know if that's true. It is true. I don't know if that's true. Julius Randle was the leading scorer in the mid-range in both corners. 
He can't do anything in either of those quarters in any one of these games. Clint Capella is lurking around for the double team in both corners every time he tries Clint to go. Clint Capella is not contesting spot. any of his mid-range shots. Yeah, so, but so he's, here, clogging so, the, he's clogging the space. He's not as so, open as he normally is throughout the regular season. No, that's not there's true. Two, there's two players there. I'm watching. I'm paying attention to the game. He's I'm paying attention. literally trying to go one-on-one with Herder. I mean, not Herder. Uh, Hunter. Gallinari. Gallinari. Yeah. And Clint many- Capella is just lurking in the sideline. Waiting for him to do some stupid ass spin around post um fadeaway. French, how many times have we seen Julius drive and then do a step back from long two and make the shot? He's been making that all season. Okay. That's a shot that the Hawks are giving him. But he usually makes that shot once he's in a rhythm. He doesn't make that shot to start off, and he's trying to start off his rhythm with those type of shots now. Because he can't get anything in the paint. It's, he's not. He's not even starting off. And they letting to, him shoot. He's not even trying to start off. He's he's tried to start off shooting threes, which he's done in season two, where he'd hit us. He'd hit a. He'd start off the game hitting a three, and he's not hitting it. And it's a three that they're giving him. He's and missing. He's not making layups. He's, it's not like you're right. The Hawks are making it tough for him at times, but that's not all this is here. I will, we can get into Julius Randle for all three games because the same thing that happened in game one is the same thing that happened in game two, the same thing that happened in game three outside of two quarters. And yes, the Hawks are throwing doubles at him. Yes, the Hawks are making it difficult for him. They got him but, clamped. But Julius Randle is still getting the shots that he's been feasting on all season. He's been hitting threes all season. And the threes he's taken is not like contested threes in the series. He hasn't taken a contested three all series, French. Has he taken a contested three? Like, I, I don't remember him having a th- shooting a three with a hand in his face, except for maybe the one that he hit. I'm sorry, he's hit more than one, but he hit one and he, it was contested. But outside of that, he's been hit, getting wide open threes and bricking them nonstop. He's been what? Sub 30, sub 33% from three when he's been a 40% three point. Sh- He's su- well, like both, he hasn't both. he hasn't shot over thirty one percent from the field in any game so far. I'm, I'm gonna pull up his stats for the playoffs, but I he I already got them up. He's been getting shots. He's been getting threes, missing them. He's been getting those long twos, missing them. He's been getting shots at the rim, which yes, some of those shots at the rim are very difficult, but those they're shots that he's been hitting all year, missing them. Like, at some point, you have to say that this is more than just what Atlanta is doing. Because if he's getting the same shots he's been getting all year, you have to figure he's going to hit at least season's average in one of the games. He's, he, he is – no, 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 no. I've seen locking him up. At a certain point, Atlanta is not worried about him because he's not – he's locking himself up. He is. Bro, they have an entire game plan around him. What do you they mean they're do. not worried? They do have a game plan around him, but they're – you think that their their whole game, all this whole series, is lock Julius Randle and let everybody else beat us? Because that's yeah. not what they're that's not what they're doing all game. They it's have Trey Young guarding Reggie Bullock. That's literally what they're doing. They yeah. telling Julius, you are gonna have to shoot threes to beat us. You're not scoring in the paint, and you're not gonna be scoring in the mid range. But got Julius Pella helping anytime you try to go into the to the post on each side of the on, on, on each wing, he's gonna have to outshoot. The Hawks, if he wants to win, that's Julius what they're trying Randall, to. That's what they're trying to do. Julius Randle 
had Clint Capella on the perimeter with him, not even in the paint. He had Clint Capella on the perimeter and he didn't try to drive and he didn't try to shoot. He passed the ball. But he has tried to drive on Clint Capella numerous times this series. And what happened? He never scored. He didn't try He's to drive. He tried up. to drive. I'm he, telling you. He, dri- he tried to drive into Clint Capella numerous times. He didn't have Clint Capella on the three-point line and then tried to drive past him because anytime he has – actually, he did once or twice. He did that last he, game. He did that once or twice, but he drove past Clint Capella when he did it. And ran into some, another body, and then he passed the ball, and then whoever – there was a play literally in the corner. He in the left corner, Clint Capella's one-on-one with him. He tries to drive. A Solomon Hill helps out. He passes the ball to Noel. Noel tries to get position, and a Congo blocks Noel. Let's, let's, they're playing defense, and they're talk, stopping Julius Randle from getting comfortable on offense. Let, let me let's finish talking about game two before we get into game through three. But you're you're right. Atlanta's defense has been good at times and great even at times. But if you're trying to tell me that the reason why Julius Randle is having one of the worst offensive performances in NBA history, because that's where we're at right now. He's having one of the worst performances I'm offensively. Not it's all of oh, Atlanta. well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you that it's not all because of Atlanta, because he is still getting shots that he normally hits. He's getting wide open looks, that, and he's playing tentatively. He's playing scared. Like it's a bunch of different things. He's not playing aggressively. Take your pick. It's, yes, part of it does have to do with Atlanta's defense, but don't give them too much credit because there are shots that he is missing that he has hit all year. And the only reason that he's missing these shots is because of him. So I don't know what it I don't is. even remember where I left off in game two. But I, all I'm going to say is the second half came game. out. Second half came through. Derek Rose was Derek Rose had to come in and save us again. He started the, the bench quarter with Taz. The bench came in, saved us again. OB had a big alley oop. Julius Randle, this was Julius Randle had a turning point in quarter three of this game. They st- he started off. He, I think he started off the quarter with a big three. Atlanta said, "All right, never mind that. We're still going to hold you to 10, 13 points or whatever." Julius Randle had a terrible pass where he threw it into the crowd. He threw it at somebody with a red shirt. Or some, I don't know. I don't know who he was passing it to, but it wasn't one of his teammates. Before that, Julius Randle's stats looked trash. After that, Julius Randle played the game that we need him to play if we're going to win. I'm going to just put it like that. Most of his scored, most of his points he scored after that turnover. He got ended up with four assists. Two of his assists ended up in the fourth quarter during crunch time, the last five minutes of the game. It's kind of hard for me to say this because I don't think that he was the most important player of the game, but the Knicks don't win this game unless Julius Randle does what he does. Unless he hits that three, he starts stops playing so tentative, he starts bending the Hawks' defense, which was what he's, he started doing in game two in that second half. He, he, started, he got the ball, he was pump faking, making them come up to him because they thought that the shot was back. He drove around Gallo, he swerved around the defense, he passed to open shooter, Reggie Bullock hit his threes, that was a key factor, Reggie Bullock in the second half, started hitting his threes, he had, I think, three threes in the second half, Derrick Rose was Derrick Rose, been our most consistent player throughout this entire playoffs, 
easily averaging over 20 points through the first three games. 25. And, you know, Burks was still a threat, but he wasn't the same threat he was in game one. But with all of that, the Knicks took a, a big lead, brought the bench out. They took a big lead with the bench with Obi and all of them. Went up to 10 points. Nate McMillan waited till about seven minutes left in the game before he brought his starters back in. Trey Young and Bogdanovich and them boys actually did either tie the game up or they got to within one. And then Julius Randle, like I said, took effect. Circled right through that defense, started hitting dudes with threes, even hit a big shot at the end of the game. He won us that game. Knicks ended up winning that game by 10 points, 11 points. 10. 10, 11 points. That game was Julius Randle and Derrick Rose. That was the, they had their their, their uh, fingerprints all over that win. Came but that's what that. But that like that second half was the first time I've seen the Knicks from the regular season. Right. Even though Julius wasn't scoring crazy, he wasn't hitting crazy shots like we've been seeing him make. We haven't been yeah. seeing him knock down a bunch of threes in the second half. He was still playing like himself. Right. He was getting his teammates involved. He was yep. playing aggressive on defense. Mm-hmm. I see him last game. He don't, he's not playing defense the way he was playing before. And it's so, just like, damn, why Like, why is now the time where we just start to look like an entirely different team? <laughs> the Hawks are not that crazy on defense to the point where they shifting our whole game plan. So before we get into that game, a key moment – how did you feel when you seen that Obi top and alley from Alec Burks? I thought that I'm was like, that was I'm a like, key moment. Play Obi, man. Play Obi. <laughs> That's what he going to give they, me. They had a fast break. Obi said, "Oh, I'm gonna turn on the Jets." Alec, beat me up, Scotty. Obi's had and a he, love every every game. He got up. One. Gallo had a thought about trying to contest it and said, "Oh no, I'm way too far for that. He's I'm not trying to be yeah. in his poster." Burks threw the perfect pass and topping. Dunk that. I think they tried to do it one more time where Gallo decided to foul instead of letting the, letting that basket go down. And then uh, the other key moment was just Julius Randle operating better offensively in that fourth quarter, which I already spoke of. Yeah. Derrick Rose had 26 points on so 9 for 21 shooting, 2 for 3 from 3, 4 Started rebounds, 4 assists. Taj Gibson was our the Knicks' second best player, even though his stats don't indicate it. And if you don't believe me, just watch that game. Taj Gibson was key in game Taj. 2. Yeah, Taj key. was one of the big reasons why we won this game. Too. Key. He was hitting passes. He was grabbing rebounds. He was making Capella ineffective. Yep. He was hitting shots. You know, he didn't have, yeah, he didn't have, like, if you look at his stats, you're going to think I'm capping, but Taj had himself a game, and we don't win this without him. We don't win this out without D-Rolls, and we don't win this without Obi Toppin consistently being a factor, and we don't win this without Julius Randle operating the way that he did in that second half. Yeah, we need Mitch, man. Yeah, I, uh, Say that again. I'm foreshadowing. I'm sorry. Uh, we're not going to talk about it right now, but we're going to talk about it after this game three. But Mitchell Robinson it would change this series if he comes back anytime soon. I try to told you. Game three. Yesterday. Friday, for those of you, because it's going to drop on Sunday. That game never happened. <laughs> no, it happened. And it happened, and it was of- the Knicks. officially the end of the Alfred Payton experiment. I hope. The end of Alfred Payton starting. Just wave him. 
and playing in a New York Nation uniform. Unless Tom Thibodeau said, oh, we lost this game because we didn't have Alfred Payne start, which I can totally see happening. Yo, has anybody ever gotten waived in the playoffs? <laughs> can we wave him off the team? He's, I feel like he's just bad luck. He on a bench. He don't even look excited when we score. He like, like get him out of here. What is he here for still? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. That was something that I was excited about. And then the Knicks started the game, and the Knicks didn't start slow the way that they did in the first couple games. They didn't fall behind. Actually, they it was a really close game the entire first quarter. It was, I was like, all right, cool. You know what? Julius is still not scoring. RJ's still not scoring. Reggie's still not scoring. But Derrick Rose is in his groove. He's hitting guys. You know, he's getting shots. Well, this is all we need. Now the bench could come in. They've been outplaying the Hawks all the whole series. Nick's bench could come in. Maybe we can extend the lead. Starters come back. It doesn't really matter. They can maybe they'll feel comfortable enough. So now Randall can hit his shots. RJ can hit his shots. It's not going to feel like the game is relying on them. And that is not what happened. <laughs> the bench, outside of Obi, really didn't show up. Burks disappeared. Quickly disappeared in game two also. But I thought, all right, he got it out in game two. Where, you know, Quickly week one. playing too selfish for me. <sighs> I, he's not, just not. He's not, he not taking control of the pace of the game and being a point guard like how he was trying to do at the end of the season. He's not trying to make the extra pass. He's just trying to get his buckets. Well, he, the problem is that the type of defense he's seeing now is not the type of defense he saw to end the season when we were playing – the Celtics and, and, and whoever else. Quickly. For him personally, he's been getting guarded by Gallinari and all these type of guys on fast breaks. When he could have threw the alley up to Obi, he'd rather go up with a layup and miss the shot. And then Alec Brooks got to get the rebound, put it back up. Like everything is just, it's so difficult for us to score sometimes whenever like one person's not having like an outstanding shooting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we can score so much easier if we just pass the ball when we're supposed to pass it. And well, quickly, that's Quickly's job when he has when he's the one running the fast break. He don't he's not supposed to be going up on on a three on one trying to go up one on one with somebody instead of just passing it for a wide open dunk. And it's plays like that that loses you games later on down the line because every point matters in the playoffs, especially when you evenly match with a team like the Hawks. Quickly is not the player on this team that I am. Quickly, I would hope quickly can make those passes, but quickly is still a work in progress. He's been working on that part of his game all year. He hasn't gotten there yet. It's not ingrained in him. So now we're talking playoffs. And and remember, quickly also was hurt to end the year too. So it's not like he's been playing consistently. He was even getting limited minutes to end the season too. So Everybody's hurt. Yeah, but – you. you I'm not going to put too much on Quickly's shoulders. The only thing that I expected Quickly to do in this series is to take and hit the open three. And he's not even doing that. He's not even doing that. He was doing it in game one. In game two, it's like, maybe I I shoot now? No, I'm not going to shoot now. And it's like, yo, you have to take threes. You have to. Though The only way that if Randall's not scoring and RJ's not scoring is if you... Be that point-per-minute guy that you were during the season to begin the season. That's the only way. 
Alec he Burks ain't even doing floaters this series. Alec Burks, like he hit floaters maybe in the first game, and I think he hit one in in game three. But game two. one of he only did it in like two games. But he's, I I don't, and I'm not even gonna hold him. I'm not even gonna be like, all right, I'm mad because he's not even taking the floaters because the Hawks have been playing good defense. They have. They've been making it difficult for that for everybody except for D Rose. But D Rose knows. D Rose is just a vet. He knows how to get the floater off. He's hitting a lot of ridiculous and a lot of tough shots. He's hitting, he's going up against Clint Capella and doing layups on Clint Capella. I don't expect That's that from game. quickly. I don't expect that from quickly. But, but he's not. Even, I do expect he isn't going up against Capella. He's playing guys off the bench. I expect more. I expect more from quickly. Like he doesn't. I don't expect him to do that on on Kongu or whoever or whatever big is in the paint. I don't expect him because he's not savvy enough to do that yet. His he is not a finisher like that. Derrick Rose has always at least been a finisher. But why is he quickly to be quickly there? quickly is floater man? And then he lost his floater, up. and then he was three point man, and now it's like he can't do floater or three when. Those are the basis. That's the basis of your game. So why aren't you doing that? So quickly, he's letting me down. But he's a rookie. I can't be too mad at him. This is he's not one of our most important players. All I'm asking for him to do is just make an extra pass. All I'm asking for him to do is to stop being tentative and shoot the shot. He doesn't have to shoot in a lot. It ain't like he's passing up shots. He's shooting shots and he's missing them. He has and he's still up refusing shots. to pass. He has passed up shots. I'm gonna look for this. I'm gonna look for his stats in game three. Manuel quickly. Manuel quickly was two for eight from the field. You know how many three pointers he shot in game three? One. He shot one three. Did he make it? Nope. <laughs> what? What? what do you, if you are supposed to be our best three-point shooter, you would say he's our best three-point shooter, right? Okay. Not in terms of percentage. percentage, because he takes all different types. He takes pull-up threes. He takes step back, step back threes. He takes catch and shoot, catch and shoot threes, shoot above the break, off the dribble. He, ta- he takes them from the logo. He takes every single three possible. Is there any excuse for him to shoot one three? Granted, he only played four minutes, but is there any reason for him to take one three? Damn, he only played four minutes? Obi Toppin also only played four minutes. Which is unexplainable. Which makes that two for eight actually look real bad <laughs> because it points to your thing that he shot a lot, which he did. Yeah, he shot a lot. He's not he shot a, He shot a lot inside the paint. He needs to shoot more from three. That's what I want. I like The coaches are telling him to shoot more in the paint. That's why he's doing that. He's losing his game. Alec Burks played 22 minutes and shot one for five from three. I would rather you give quickly four more minutes and let him shoot eight times from I'd three. I'd rather Obi get some minutes. Nobody oh. has been proven. like I, they, I, they... I lied. I lied. Quickly played 14 minutes. That's how many points he had. Four. Obi had 12 minutes. He also had four points. So quickly played two more minutes than Obi. Shot eight times. Only one of those shots was a three. Obi's like, I, I know Obi's not Julius Randle. He doesn't have the bag that Julius Randle has. He's not anywhere near the player that Julius Randle is. I understand that. But he's been more productive than Julius Randle has been this series. He's been playing with more energy and he's been providing more of a, a punch to the offense 
than Julius Randle has. He's fighting for rebounds. He's going for block shots. Like, he's giving you effort. (laughs) Why isn't he playing more? Because Gallinari's hitting a few threes? Guess what? (laughs) They're scoring on Julius, too. All right, let me bring some let me bring lob some structure. Lob after lob on Julius Randle's man. Let me bring some structure back to this. All right. <laughs> Cuz now we just talking out of emotion cuz game 3 was real frustrating. I don't even like I, we, nobody expected us to win the championship. Nobody. I'm a Knicks fan. I didn't think to win the championship. I was going to be happy if we won a series. But if we going to lose, can we not lose like this to the Atlanta Hawks? If we're going to lose to the Hawks, let it go six, seven games and be competitive. Play like how we played all season long. Play play like we played at the end of the first quarter when we were down and then we take it, we, we score. Reggie Bullock does a stupid foul on Trey Young, which, all right, cool, whatever. Then Bullock gets the ball and pump fakes Trey Young to foul him, or he didn't even pump fake him. He forced Trey Young to foul him from three. Gets three free throws, knocks the three free throws down. They played so such good defense that the Hawks pass the ball out of bounds with 1.1 seconds right after Reggie Bullock knocks down his three threes. Give the ball to Julius Randle, who knocks down the three to end the quarter for six points in 1.1 seconds at the end of the first. When that happened, I was like, that's it. That's the moment right there where the Knicks figure it out. That reminded me of the Phoenix Suns game. Early except in the, except the flipped. End. Except yeah. flipped because we, we were the ones we, taking the advantage. Teams doing it. Yeah. We scored what? Eight points in 15 seconds or some shit like that. Right. Like after that, I was like, all right, good. We close. The bench could come in. They could take the lead. The bench doesn't, the bench didn't help us. They didn't hurt us. Obi played well. Birch didn't really play well. Quickly didn't really play well. But the Hawks didn't kill us in the minutes that they played. And I was hoping the stars would come in. And basically build off of what they did at the end of that first. And they never did. Julius Randle got some overrated chance. <laughs> which he from, deserved. Which, like, like, the Knicks never got, like, the Knicks blew, the Knicks starters blew that game in the first half. And they never, the Hawks never let the Knicks come back closer, any closer than, what, six points? D. Rose is basically on the court by himself. He had nobody else helping him. Frank, once again, in this game, played three seconds. Literally three seconds. Actually, I don't even know if we could say literally three seconds. Yeah, actually, no, yeah, literally three seconds. Literally three seconds. It It was literally three seconds. And it's like, why play him? Either play him or don't. Either play him or don't. One of the times that he was playing, they brought him out in the first half, and then Reggie Bullock fouls Trey Young. And then they take him out of the game. Like, what was the point of that? I was saying, Reggie, don't foul him. Reggie, don't foul him. You look like you're about to foul him. And once it, and he clearly fouled him. And then they take Frank off the court. I'm like, what was the point of him even being on the court? You got Reggie on Trey, and then Tr- Reggie fouls Trey, and now you have Frank off the court. So what was his, what was the point? If this is the team we're going to be in the playoffs, trade. Please make some <laughs> trades. Please. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to stop. I don't want to see this next year. Well, uh, is there anything else I want to see? Derrick Rose had 30 points 
on three on thirteen for twenty one shooting, three for five for three, six rebounds, five assists. Knicks waste a a, a perfectly good Derrick Rose performance. Nerlens Nerlens Noel coming off of the bench because Taj Gibson started this game. Also, I forgot to mention that Didn't had twelve matter. points, one of two shooting, with ten for twelve from free throw, eight rebounds, one assist, three steals. And Nerlens played well off the bench. Nerlens played well off the bench, and I think he should continue to come off of the bench. I think Taj should continue to start. Derrick Rose should continue to start. The problem isn't the point guard in the center when they're playing, when they're the starting players in this game. When Derrick Rose is point guard and Taj Gibson is starting at center, that's not the issue. It just makes it even more clear what the issue has been this entire series. Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock, and R.J. Barrett. Jonathan Macri ha- keeps pointing out a stat where that the Knicks win 26 out of 26 games and lose nine games when Reggie Bullock shoots and makes three pointers in a game. In this series, Reggie Bullock made three three pointers in he made three or more three pointers in game two. In game three, he went two for six. One more three wouldn't have made a difference in this game, but. It goes to show that you need Reggie to shoot. R.J. Barrett has been basura from three. Can he shooting wide open? They're giving him. No sense. They're giving him the wide open three, and it's it, it makes no sense because this is not the first time where R.J. Barrett he'll have a half where he can't shoot from three, but he'll come right back in the second half and knock down all them same shots. He's been Mister Out. Whatever happened in the first half, forget it. I'm gonna do everything I didn't do in the first half. And I'm going to make my shots. And that this is to stop too. This is three games where the entire game he's not shooting well. It, it, it's, it, it makes no sense. Julius Randle. It's not even like it's just wide open shots. He's taking some stupid ass shots. But he's been taking stupid shots for, for a, a long stretch during the season too. There was a point in the season where he was taking better shots, but somehow that went away and now he's going back to taking dumb shots. But that's, that was always fine because. As long as you let him keep shooting from three, he'll get his points and he'll bring us back in the game and then he'll take, start taking smarter shots or whatever. But he always figures it out. He hasn't figured shit out. He hasn't figured anything out and he's not hitting his threes. So that's something that during the regular season, it's the same thing that happened in regular season, but it's not working in the playoffs. And I, you told me that that's not, he's going to show up and he's not showing up. He's not showing up in the playoffs and I can't explain why. I, I don't think that he's scared of the moment. I think he's ready for the moment. I, that's the type of player that he is. I can't explain why he's missing his threes. He needs to talk to a shooting coach and figure out what his shooting coach sees that's making him miss. But you just need to go talk to God and get his religion right or something. I don't know what he taking some stupid ass shots. But like, I don't need bro, him. You know, if you missing wide open shots, you know you're gonna miss this one. So why are you shooting it? I don't even need him to hit any of the shots inside the paint unless he has Trey Young on him, which he occasionally did in game one. I didn't really see it in games two or three. But unless you posting up Trey Young in the paint. That's the only time I really want you to shoot. Otherwise, hit your goddamn open three-point shots that you've been hitting all year. Reggie Bullock, shoot and make your threes. Julius Randle. You have one job on offense. You're an all-star. You are getting MVP votes, whether it be two, three, three, two third-place votes, whatever. You're going to get a vote here or there. You're getting all NBA consideration. 
why are you making 22-year-old Trey Young look like he's the only all-star on the court? Why are you missing wide-open threes yourself, sir? Why are you not able to abuse Danilo Gallinari, who can't out-muscle you and he's not faster than you? The only thing he has on you is that he's long. But you have been able to abuse guys like that your entire career. You win the matchup against Chris Stapps for Zingas. You're trying to tell me that you can't score on Danilo Gallinari? I don't buy it. I don't care that he has Clint Capella underneath the brim. Average 37 on John Collins, and you can't score 10 points on him now? There's no reason. I'm not saying that Julius Randle needs to score 30 points in any of these games. Just he does it. 20 once. 20. He does it. That's it. That's all I want It's 20. That's it. 20 points, and we win at least two of these games. We're not asking for nothing much. He averaged 24 and 10 and 6. He hasn't had 6 assists. Let me check. Let me start. Before I sound stupid, did he have 6 assists one time this, this playoff series? Because he hasn't had 20 points. Let's see. In game 3, he had 2 assists. In game okay. 2, he had 4 assists. And okay. in game 1, he had 4 assists. No. So the answer to that question is... not ready is, for prime time. No. Whoa, whoa, slow down. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. He has averaged. We could call a spade a spade. He's rebounding pretty good. And he is making the passes. He better rebound all them bricks he's throwing up. He is making the passes. He's passing to R.J. Barrett and Reggie Bullock. You have to put that into consideration. Take that into consideration. That Some of his assists are going with the guys who are not knocking down the shots they've been hitting all year. So should he still have more than four assists in all of these games? Yeah. Because there's been times where he's just waiting way too long to pass the ball. Way too long. Way too long to pass the ball. Way too long to make a decision. Way too long to do anything, really. Like, the half second that he goes like this to figure out what he wants to do, the defense is back. It's not that Atlanta, and this is what I was trying to say, it's not that Atlanta's defense is so great. It's that you shouldn't still be trying to figure out what you're going to do after 72 games in the playoffs that you've played every single game in the se- in the season, after 72 games, you come to the playoffs and you're still trying to figure out whether you want to make this pass or not. We passed that. Julius, if you get the ball and you see somebody trying shading to help, that's your opportunity to pass to Taj Gibson when he's right under the rim so he can score or make another pass. Which not, you've done at the end of game two. Which you've done several hundred times. So why can't you do it on a regular basis? Because they keep giving it to you. They keep giving you options, and you're waiting way too long to pass the ball. So that's why you have three and four assists, because you're waiting way too long. You're being way too hesitant, and you're letting the defense get in position on you, which is why you're not making, you're not getting the lanes that you used to get because you're taking too long to decide. Atlanta's playing good defense. I'm not even going to hold you. But we've played against good defenses before, and you've scored on good defenses before. So I'm not going to give you the out that Atlanta is locking you up and shutting you down. It's all in your head. You don't have to score 30. You don't. You scored 15 points in game one, 15 points in game two, and 14 points in game one. And you've done it on horrible percentages. Six for 23 in game one. Five for 16 in game two. Two for 15 in game three. It's all bad. Like, why are we making Trey Young a rival, bro? Like, 
the Pacers, okay, Reggie Miller and them, Jordan, the Bull. We got a rivalry with Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young now. Like, why is this a series? This should not be a series. Oh, I'm trying to make I'm, some trades. I feel, I feel. <laughs> so I was gonna do a temperature check, but you already, you, you already telling me uh, what your temperature's at. You, you ready to make some trades? <laughs> you're not, Trade. you're not, you're not confident about this series. I'm ready to see Luca Vildoza at this point. Let's Sharif not, Cooper, let's draft Sharif Cooper and uh, see what he could do. Well, I'm, I'm sick of seeing this. So you're giving up on the series? I got it. Whoever wins next game wins the series. Yeah. Historically, when we go to game three and it's 1-1, whoever wins game three wins the series. Historically. 80% of the time, I think that's how it goes. I don't know. I feel if, like game four is more important. Because mm, that's, yeah. that's your last opportunity. Game four, is, game four is more important because we lost game three. Like you lost game three, so now game four is like that's already done. But but I feel like one of these games were expected to be dropped. Like we as long as we took one and get home court back, we shouldn't have lost. We shouldn't have lost game one to to begin with. That was the main problem. We shouldn't have lost game one. If we lose game one, it doesn't matter if we win game three or four. Honestly, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if we win game one. If we win, if we won game one. And we oh, won game two. Oh, it doesn't matter if we lo- if we win three or four because we just have yeah, to win right. at home. Right. You're- but because we lost game one, now when you leave game two, first of all, you have to win game two, which we almost didn't win. We, we some something happens, a flip, a, a switch flipped, and we won game two. Thank God. But the, that did not carry over to Atlanta for game three. And you, but you had to bring that into game three because. Now you have to win game four. You have to win game five in the garden, right? If you win game four, you have to win game five. You don't have to win game five. But if you don't win game five, now you're talking about elimination. And you have to win game six and seven when you haven't been able to win two straight all series. We better not drop no more games at home. If If we drop another game at home... Are you that confident that we won't drop another game at home? There's no excuse for it. For it. Like, we should not lose this team. We've been losing 75% of the series. when 75% of the game at home, we've been basically losing. Think If you think about it. But I, I don't – we've been doing that all season long. We always losing in the first half, come back in the second half. and Yeah, but we've also – So – This is also I not the team to do that against. I know that in the fourth quarter – I know that, but – in the fourth quarter, as long as you keep the score close, we have a chance to win. Because that's how we won all season long. Defense, drag them through the mud. And then our best scorers come in in the fourth quarter and take the game over. That's been the strategy all season long. Now that yeah, Alfred's out of the starting lineup, now a pack of the pack of punch of D-Rose coming off the bench is going to have to be quickly. And if quickly is not showing up, then it's looking rough on the series for how it's going to end up. Because the bench isn't outscoring the bench how we used to. The problem uh, with your... At least last game alone. Because last game, the bench didn't do anything except for Obi. The problem with your strategy is that it's dependent on the starting lineup. Which should be Frank. Looking... 
<laughs> what I meant is at the end of games, it depends on the starting lineup looking better than it has all series. Because usually, so at the end of games, the starting lineup has to, they have to play the way that they've played all season. Mm-hmm. The starting lineup ain't been playing the way that they've been playing all season to end games. Even if they have a slow start, at, the, at least at the end of the game with D. Rose instead of Alfred Payton, they've been coming in and putting in work and they've been putting away teams. They ain't doing that at all. They ain't doing that at all this series. Except for game two. Except for game two. And even game two, we gave, went on that big lead with the bench. And then the Atlanta Hawks Atlanta Hawk starters brought it close, but then... The starters said, all right, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to let y'all take this over while we on the court. We got our little bit of rhythm. We're going to take the lead back. Outside of that, I haven't seen the starters show up the way that they have all season. So we just took your temperature. You saying that the Knicks are going to lose the series? Next game, whoever wins. Next game, whoever wins. So you're not going jumping off the fence. You're not jumping into the nervous, <laughs> nervous fan. You're not jumping off the roof. I'm not nervous. I'm pissed. Yeah, well, I'm pissed too, but I'm not that pissed. I'm not as pissed as you. I'm pissed. We should not be down 2-1. Yeah, but if we had one game one, which I said I put on Randall and I put on Coach, yeah. we, if, we, we're, not told, we're not as pissed, even if even with the same loss that we had yesterday. Even, even if we had that loss, we'd be fine. But because we lost game one at home, that's the only reason we really pissed. Because we should have won that. Swept this team in the regular season. Doesn't matter. Swept it's them. not the same team. And I was trying to tell you that. It's not the same team. This is not the well, same team. I was team telling that you that when I said the Hawks is better than us. I don't think the Hawks I don't think the Hawks is better than us. And I'll tell no, you better than us. I'll tell you why. Every single one of these games has been relatively close. Even game three. The only person that showed up in game three was Dirk Rose, and we lost by eleven points. That's only because of a few late threes. We were down by like 17 most of the game. Yeah. It wasn't just because of that, though. It wasn't because of a few late threes. Like, it's not just because of that. It's not just because of that. Because they should have, they shot damn near 60% from three. So even a few late threes is not going to make it, like, this should have been a 30-point loss by how the Hawks was playing. Honestly. And I'm going to get back to that because I actually had to tweet somebody about that earlier but this game was a lot even with the 17 when they were down 17 15 points it was, i was still was like yo how the hell are we only down 17 points when reggie rj Randall all playing like basura quickly not doing nothing obi is not you know obi is obi but he can't do he can't really he's not really scoring on a clip like that i'm trying to look at look up his points he had four points in game three uh, they're missing obi a lot though they're really missing Obi a lot on easy. They are missing buckets. Obi. They are missing Obi. He Obi should be should be able to score a lot more than he is. But he even, should be averaging at least ten this series. But it's everybody. It's everybody. People are missing him. People, uh, people are not taking the shots they've been taking all year. Julius is not taking shots, passing up on shots he's been taking all year. There was a there was actually I didn't even talk about this. There was a stretch where, and I brought it up earlier, they gave Julius the ball. Clint Capella was on him. So Julius got the ball in the perimeter at the three-point line with Clint Capella on him. Nine times out of ten during the regular season, Julius is taking that three because Capella can't guard him on the perimeter. He didn't do anything but pass to, I want to say, Reggie. Reggie had Trey Young on him. 
Reggie passed the ball back to Julius. Julius decided, hold on, wait, wait. Julius then decided to drive into the lane, and he found a wide-open R.J. Barrett at the three-point line who didn't take the open three and decided to drive to the basket with less than a second left to get in the in the shot clock, and then it was a shot clock violation. That's three players, one of them who twice decided to not take a shot that he normally would have taken. But three players taking shots that they normally would have taken in the regular season, getting caught up and choking and being unsure of themselves and doing something else norm- other than what they would normally do. I am 100% behind RJ. Just put it up. I don't care how many times you missed before. Just keep shooting because we've seen you make threes after missing a lot. Just exactly. shoot the Just ball keep when shooting. you're open. Just keep shooting. If you open, shoot it. I don't care how many times you miss. You could be 0 for 30. I still want you to take the open three because unless you have Trey Young on you one-on-one and you can back him up and post him up in the paint – that's all we really need you to do is figure out the three. Once you get shoot that, over Trey Young once, too. Once you, but Trey is not really guarding him at three. But even if he is, yes, shoot over Trey at the three. We need you to hit them threes, boy. We need you to hit them threes. You've been hitting them all year. Even when you were missing, you came back and you figured it out and you shot it and you started making it and you made you your percentages. Shot you shot forty percent from three for after the season. that nasty ass start. You you were shooting horribly, like 20-something percent from three to start the season. You don't go from that bad to finishing the season at 40%, and now all of a sudden your shot's broke. I don't believe it. Keep shooting. You're going to hit it. And once you start hitting them threes, we will retake this We will retake this series because That's it's on you. That's what I'm saying next game. Whoever, this is on you. This is on Julius. Julius, yeah. stop being shook. Stop being shook. Start shooting threes because once you shoot the threes, you change their defense. Now they have to respect your three. Once they respect your three, then you're going to start getting them open looks that you've been getting all year. You're going to pass the ball to whoever. That's how we ended game two. The only reason we won game two is because you hit the three and you made them think. Hit your three. I don't even think Julius is shook. I think he just wants to make the right play so bad that yeah. he's overthinking everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see- don't understand that. Like, why are you overthinking everything for a team that you swept? I, I don't understand how you, you have – there was a play. I don't remember if it was game two or three. He had Gallo on him. He obviously got past Gallo. He saw Capella at the paint getting ready to help. He didn't help yet. He was getting ready. He left his man. But he was still nowhere near Julius. And Julius could have taken the jumper that he normally takes. With his guys to his left, Capella is by the rim. You have a split-second chance to take a jumper that you normally take and make. And he passed the ball. There's times when they have him defended beautifully, but he has the opportunity because the help's coming and he can make the quick pass. And he's thinking. Stop thinking and just do. Do what you've been doing all year. Those two things change. The Knicks win easily. All of these games. All of them. So... That's why I say whoever wins next game wins the series. Because if Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett figure it out next game and get that win, we only need two more wins for them to just play like how they play. Play how you play, and you just get two more wins and we move on to the next round. That's all we need. I have it written right here. This series is at worst. The Hawks are not unbeatable. This series is at worst. At worst. 
2-1 in favor of the Knicks if Randall, RJ, and Bullock look anywhere close to their regular season versions. Anywhere close. They don't look anywhere close to their like regular season. Play. And then I already said, Knicks are still competitive even though they're playing like shit. The Knicks, them three have been playing like trash all three games. The first game was, the first game they only lost by two. The second game they won by ten, even though they all played like, they, they played like trash in game two. Like, regardless of how that game ended and how Randall showed up, they still look like trash overall. And in game three, they lost by, what, 11 points? Like, this is not, they're not getting blown out. And this is also why. They're not getting Miami. That, I was just about to say that. I, I, my temperature, I didn't do my own temperature check. I checked your temperature. You kind of gave me a little bit of, like, you didn't want to go one way or other. You said, oh, whoever wins the next game. I still feel good about the Knicks. I still think that it's going to be, I don't, I think I might have said Knicks in six. I'm, I'm trending towards Knicks in seven. But, and no matter how, what way I look at it, this is still a team that was never just expected to make the four seed. This is still a team that was projected to win 21 wins at, at worst and like 30 wins at best. Like at the most optimistic, they'd win 30 games. And that's somebody saying, yeah, just because they have Tom Thibodeau, we'll give them 30. They won 41 games this year. So I'm not ready to just throw in the towel. I'm not ready to say that what Julius Randle's been doing all year has been a fluke because back when we were projecting it was going to be a fluke, he came back and he played even better than that. I'm not willing to say that RJ's shot is a fluke because we've seen him shoot his way out and he's gotten his percentage up to 40%. Can I ask a question? Yeah. A little off topic. Go ahead. After this playoff series and seeing Julius Randle, how, how he's been playing, do you still think he should deserve the max? Yep. Yep. I may have changed my mind after the series, but I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving up on RJ. I don't think that – I think that they are just in their own heads. This is a big stage. The fans coming back is kind of – now as something that they still probably have to get used to after being without them for so long. It's not an excuse because it doesn't seem to be affecting Trey Young at all. And before before the series, if you would have asked me who's better, Trey Young or Julius Randle this year, I would have said Julius Randle. So I've got, you know, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just pointing some things out. They're not playing well. They're not playing the way that they should be playing. There's no excuse for how they're playing. But I still have faith that what I saw all year is not a fluke. I still have faith that what that what they're doing now is more an outlier than what I've been seeing all year from them. So I'm not giving him the max after this playoff performance. He's going to get a big contract. Bigger than the contract that he received last time, but I'm not giving you the full load, Max. I don't know how why you would say that unless you were already giving up on the series. No, I'm just saying based on what we've seen so far. Yeah. Based if, on what he, seen. if he shows up like how he did in the regular season, then that's different. Yeah, if this was I'm not of, giving no Max to a regular season player. If Even if, if this was a best of three, I still would feel the same way about giving him a Max. Like if this was that, If that was just the end of the series, I'd be like, all right, you know what? Three games, we, we just now got, got into capacity. Atlanta threw some looks at him he wasn't expecting. Like, I, I, I expect more from him. He didn't play the way, but you know what? I believe that 
next year he'll get over it. I'm next, only next, maxing him out. Next playoffs he's, he'll get over it. RJ same thing. Next playoffs he'll get over it. I'm not. I'm now if they get gentlemen sweep four or five loss in the game four game five loss, I might have to reconsider that. If they but look, if they look right as, now. if they look as, yeah, no, but I'm saying it would take them looking this garbage in a seven game series, all series. They have to look this trash all series for me to be but like, but you just right. said you were still giving the Mexico's best of three. It was, there's a difference. Between That's a, the whole series. There's a difference between a best of three and a best of seven. All I'm saying is I'm only maxing Julius out if we already traded or signed another star. I'm not giving him the max with this roster that we have now and expecting him to take us somewhere. And you're basing this just off of the series? I'm basing this off of a sum of this entire season. If you can do all that in the regular season and then do this in the playoffs, how can I give you then it's just on the, the on title the as the best player on this team and the max player on this team? And but that, we, but, we, we don't have nothing to expect past the first round. I don't I, I'm not I'm not wasting our cap on that on that. I want to get another so star you, in here first and then max him out. Just so to you, keep him on You the are saying this just based off of this series though. Because before the series you wasn't saying that. Like it's because of what you're seeing. It's significant. The the series is significant. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But it we weren't supposed to be here. <laughs> we weren't supposed to be here in the first place. And the only reason we are here is because of him. Yeah, and and that's coach what, that's my point. and RJ and Reggie, but but mostly because of him. Like but we're that's here. My point, though. We're here because of him. Now, should he be doing this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He shouldn't be. Right? If he plays it, for me, it's gonna take more than three games where this is the first three games of uh you've never been in the playoffs before. Right? You've never been in the playoffs before. Am I if this was Trey Young, would I be be like, "Yo, do away with Trey Young"? No, I wouldn't because I I would I'm not give him. Do away with I would. I would. I'm no. I'm just saying. Like you say, he shouldn't get a max, and it's like mm, he's doing. He's been doing shit all season that nobody else has been doing. He's putting up franchise numbers. He, he's been. He's had a better season than Carmelo has had, arguably. Yeah, as Carmelo took us to the second round, and I. Do you think that's Julius Randle? No, no, no. But that's Julius my Randall, point, though. Do you think Julius Randle can take us to the second round? If he played like how he played in the regular season, yes. Well, that's my point. We if don't you can know. do all that, if you could do all that, you can play better than Carmelo. You can get us to the fourth seed, get us to the point where we never expected to be. Then you should be able to do that same thing that you was doing in the regular season in the playoffs if you want to get that money. I'm just going to point out that we didn't know whether Carmelo could take us to the second round before we mac- before he gave him a big contract. Carmelo but he was solidified when we got him. Julius was not solidified. He's right. trying to solidify himself now. You're so right. if you want to solidify yourself, you have to prove yourself in the playoffs. I don't- Carmelo's been to the playoffs. He's been to the Western Conference Finals before we got to him. I don't think that I think that to question what Julius has done all season is just a mistake. That's just me. Yeah, the the stuff that he's been doing all year, the stuff that like unless you want to say that he only did that because there was no fans in the stands, unless that's the argument you're trying to make, I can't really get on board with that. If you're just saying it's just the playoffs got you like that, I have to disagree. But if you're saying like, well, look, before we started getting fans in the stands, he played like this. And then after, then he started playing a little bit more like how he used to play. 
the fans are supposed to help. I'm not going to blame the fans I mean, and be but, like, oh, but, it's because but, the but fans, what? that's why he's playing bad. The fans are there to make you play better and you yeah. play worse. Yeah, but look at Tyler Hero. Like, the, like this is that's the and thing. And the that, fans that, aren't going anywhere. That, that's the thing that they've been talking about. Like, oh, Miami Heat won, got as far as they did because of the bubble and all that stuff. And this ain't the it's bubble true, no though. more. But that's what they're saying. And they're saying that they dudes always like, saying something. That's, that's they, not the they, truth. They saying stuff like dudes, but but we don't know what the truth is or not because whether truth we want the Bucks are a really good team that can potentially knock off Brooklyn. That's the well, truth. no, no, I'm not. That's not an indictment on the Bucks. It's just on how the Heat played and guys like Tyler Hero hitting shots in the bubble and guys who were hitting three pointers and hitting at a greater clip when there were no fans as opposed to when there are fans. That that's what I'm saying. Like, all right, unless you're trying to tell me that. It's the fans that's making him play worse. And then you can show me like, all right, look, this is when we started getting the fans back in the stands. Look at how, look at what Julius has done since then. Unless you're trying to make that argument, you know, if you make that argument, I'd be like, all right, that might be something for me to consider. Yeah, maybe he doesn't deserve it, Max. Maybe this is, maybe we should just call him Pandemic Randall, right? But if you just say- If fans make you play worse, New York is not for you. Because New York has the best fan base in the world. If yeah, you but can't not, get fired up to play for that fan but are base, we say are we saying that though? You it seemed like the fan is what the fans being there was causing him to be a little more scared. It seemed like, or not even scared, just a little. Well, more if that's if that's what it is, then yeah, maybe then maybe you don't give him the max. But I'm willing to I'm willing to wait to see how the rest of these playoffs go to see if he could get this off of his back and be the player that he's been all year. Yeah, if he could do that, improved in this series. That's if he could do, <laughs> if he could do that in this playoff series, I, yeah, I'm giving him the max. Like the three games to me is not enough in a playoff series for me to be like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't give him the max. That's it's just it's not enough games in a seven game series. In every single game, you've looked like trash. You've gone, you let us get gentlemen swept, or you went to six games, but we only got to six or seven games. Because somebody else on the team, like Derrick Rose or Alec Burke, Scott is there. Yeah, I can't give you the max after that. So I'm saying. But up to now, with us having won a game and we, there's still a lot more series left to go potentially. I'm not willing to give up on him just yet. I'm not giving up. So I'm just saying, he yeah, no, needs no, no. To I would still, max. I would still, still give it to him. I would still give it to him if it was you a three game. Se- me. If it was a three game series, I would give it to him because I would bet on the fact that this was a fluke more than anything else, and that he That's would me. come back. He would come back. He's played in L.A. He's played in New York. He's, you know, he's put up good games. Even last year, he did put up good games for us at the Garden and all that. So. You know, as much as I hated him last season, I'm not going to say that he never had a good game for us last year, so or last season. So, you know, I I don't know. That's where I'm at with him. I'm gonna give him another few games, and if we get if we lose out in game five and he looks trash in every single game, that next game is going to be more the factor for me. If you go four games and look like trash, then I have to start thinking about it. If we get to game five and you still look like trash, oh yeah, no, you better not give him a max. You better That's wait it out. You better wait it out and see what's going to happen. But in game three, no, nah, I'm not doing it after game three, especially when game two, he helped us win that game. So, all right, so we did our analysis. All right, so I'm going to speak on something. I'm going to ask you. My homeboy, LeVar, who listens to this. What up, LeVar? LeVar Ball? <laughs> nah. We had a conversation, and he was here watching the game with me, or half of the game. He left at halftime. He was watching game two, and he was like, 
Yeah, we talked about this. When the defense clams down on Julius Randle, who's going to step up and hit shots? We had this conversation maybe a month or so ago. And I told him I'm not worried because when Julie, when the defense clamps down on Julius Randle, he's going to make the pass and dudes are going to be open and they're going to knock down the shots. And I'm still not worried about that. What do you think about that, that question that, that my boy posed? You think it's more the defense clamping down on Randle or do you think that it's, it, it, you think that it's the teammates not hitting the shots or you think that it's just the decision-making from Julius that is causing all this? All the above. It's all of the above. I see Randall making good passes and guys not finishing. I see Randall forcing shots because guys aren't making their shots. I see. I'm going to simplify the question for you. Are the, are the Hawks beating the Knicks or the Knicks beating themselves? Both. <laughs> <laughs> like the Knicks aren't making it easier on themselves while the, the Hawks are like doing everything possible. To make it easier on themselves. So well, this is what I would they're say. They're making their open shots. They're this... guarding the guys that they're supposed to guard in the ways that they're supposed to guard them. They're doing everything that they're supposed to do. We just don't look prepared. Uh, yes. That's, that's, that's what I want to say. We don't look prepared, right? We don't look prepared. This is not, this is not because the defense is clamping down on Julius Randle and that's completely fucked it up for the Knicks. Because the defense has clamped down on Julius Randle and he doesn't look uncomfortable. He is making the pass and guys who normally hit shots aren't hitting shots. But it's not because of Atlanta. This game is actually being played the way that the Knicks want it to be played. The Knicks want it to be played this way. They want Julius Randle to be doubled. They want him to make that pass to R.J. Barrett, to Reggie Bullock, who splashed a three. And that's really the difference in this game. So do I trust R.J. Barrett to knock down the three? Yes, because that is a shot that he's been hitting all year. And something's going on that's causing him to miss it, but I think he'll figure it out in a seven-game series. Oh, yeah, I don't think – I think that it's not that the – when the question was posed to me, it was that these guys are not reliable. R.J. Barrett's reliable. I don't know what's going on with the series, but R.J. Barrett's been reliable. Am I wrong to say that? Is that mm -hmm. so RJ Barrett? He's just been, young. He's still what, 20, 21? Right. If they keep giving him that open three, it's going to go down. And if yeah, it don't go down in this RJ. series, I'm still not worried because I don't know what it is, but he'll figure it out in the offseason. That's the type of dude RJ is. If they keep giving him that shot and he, that shot starts to go down, it's a whole different series. But I feel the same exact way about Julius, too. Yeah, he'll figure it out in the offseason, but I'm just not I, I need to see you do something in the playoffs. RJ think, has done something so far in the playoffs. I think that I think Julius is going to because they're giving him some shots that he hits. Also, are they making it a little confusing for him? Sure. But there are some shots that he should be hitting that he's not that I think he's going to. So it's a combination of those two things that I think that that question that he posed. I'm like, no, nah, that's that's not what it is. And if you think that that's what's causing the Knicks, the Knicks are beating themselves, point blank, period. Like, the Hawks are doing enough to make it difficult to make this a game, the series. And I thought this was going to be a tough series regardless. I thought that this was going to be close. But there's nothing, there's nothing that's made me feel like the Atlanta Hawks are just completely outclassing the Knicks with what they're doing. They're making it difficult as we expected. The Knicks are just beating themselves at this point, and they should be up 2-1, and they could if they were playing the way that they normally have, regardless of what the Hawks are doing. And the Hawks still have that same play that same way. The Knicks would be up 3-0.
Because the Hawks ain't scored. They scored, what, 107 and 105 and 90-something in three games? They're not scoring that no enormous clip. They shot 60% from three. The Knicks shot 30% or less from three. That 60% is like, and we still only lost by 11 points, which leads to me to my, which leads me to the next Twitter conversation that I had. Somebody, um, let me pull it up before I say anything. So I was on, I was on Twitter today and I'm going to tell you right now. So there was a tweet that says, you know what? Let's watch a little Knicks Hawks game three. And a playoff Hawks fan said, imagine how bad this game would be if the Knicks hadn't shot 30 free throws to our eight. Which, you know, sounds like, all right, the refs were calling the game in our favor. I don't feel like the refs did, though. Like, I think that they called it pretty evenly. I think we got called for three fouls to start the game in, like, the first minute. We were flopping like crazy in game three. Yeah. Quickly and Noel was flopping like crazy. So I can I, I don't know if, see how the Hawks could be the Hawks fans could be like, all right, these free throws the the, 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 the difference in the free throws is kind of crazy because I saw it too, Jai saw it too, like quickly everybody. They quickly, was flopping like crazy. Quickly definitely flopped his ass off. Noel, I've always said is frail. I don't think Noel was I don't think Noel is a flopper. Like Noel never had no twelve free throw game ever in his career. So now all of a sudden yeah. he's the best flopper in the I, I, you have, but he yeah. was flopping. No, he was definitely flopping. I think he's just frail. But either other than that, the other person who was getting free throws was Julius Randle, which I felt like all of Julius's fouls were well earned. And like, really, half of those, like Noel had twelve free throws. That means that the other eighteen free throws were for the rest of the team. I just didn't feel like quickly. Definitely flopped. I'm not even going to hold you on that. But I don't feel like it was that significant. But all right, cool. We shot 30 free throws to the Hawks. Eight. The guy who we responded to said, I don't know, y'all are shooting almost 60% from three. These things even themselves out. And I agree. They said, that's what I'm saying. They didn't have such a wild differential in their favor. This might be a 30-point game. So I said, he's saying the same thing is true for you. Knicks have had the better field goal and three-point percentage when they played the Hawks all season. I brought this up in the last pod. Knicks beaten, have been beating the Hawks in field goal and three-point percentage, even though throughout the season, the Hawks have been better in both of those. Every time they've played, though, Knicks beat the, beat the Hawks in field goal and three-point percentage. They haven't beat them at all this series in either one, field goal or three-point percentage. And in game three, the Hawks went out to 60%. From three. So I said, didn't expect that to continue in this series, but it shouldn't be this stark of a difference. Also, Knicks recalled for three fouls in the opening minute. Playoff Hawks fan said the big difference is we were riddled with injuries all year. Now we're almost completely healthy, which is why this series isn't going the same way the regular season has. So I want to say this. Nobody is saying that... The Knicks were going to, well, maybe some delusional Knicks fans saw the season series and felt we were going to do the same thing in the playoffs. But anybody who knows anything about basketball and has been paying attention this year is saying what it, it was saying that the Knicks were going to sweep the Hawks. Everybody knew that this was going to be a pretty even series. Everybody knew that the Hawks were going to take at least one to two games. and But not like this. Though. But this is... The Hawks are playing their game the way that we expected the Hawks to. Would you say that? 
Say it again. The Hawks are playing the game the way that we expected the Hawks to. They're not doing anything yeah. where it's like so astronomically better than what they've done all season. They they are playing better than they have played against us, but as the Hawks fan noted, they weren't 100% healthy. But they've never been 100% healthy in any of their games, really. So, Neither have we. Right. And as you've indicated, if we had Mitchell Robinson, this is probably 2-1 the other way also. 3-0. I don't know if it's 3-0. but it's Mitchell, definitely Clint Capella's it's, impact on his game would be a lot different. It's definitely closer to 3-0 than it is 1-2. I'll, I'll and give I you promise that. you Trey Young is not doing all that floater shit in the paint with Mitchell Robinson there. So that's one thing I wanted to mention is that you, what you said exactly. We are missing one of our key pieces in Mitchell Robinson. Nerlens Noel is not Mitch. If nothing else, this series should prove it to anybody listening. We are missing a key piece in Mitchell Robinson. Two, we are shooting way, way, way below clip that we have all year. We were what in three-point percentage this year, French? We was top five. That's top five. I, that's all I remember. Top five, three-point percentage. And we ended the year off as, if not the hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the NBA from three. So, while I understand the complaints about the free throws the knicks are playing way below way below average they're not even close to average they're playing way below average for them from three and field goal like and from two but from two is like all right you got click capella that i can explain that i can't explain away the threes because the hawks aren't defending the three that great rj's getting a shit ton of open threes IQ has been offered up threes and he's hesitated because dudes are coming like they but then they weren't going to block it if he would have just shot it right away. Reggie Bullock, same thing. Reggie is hesitating a, cu- a couple of times when he's not hesitating. Cool. But he's been some couple of times he's hesitated. This team is not shooting the way that they normally do. They're not playing the way that they normally do. So if the Knicks were playing the way that they normally did and they were playing the Hawks, because this Hawks team is a lot closer to their regular season than this Knicks team is to their regular season. If the Knicks were playing up to snuff, this is a different series, in my opinion. So I just wanted to get that off. The other thing, last thing I want to talk about was news article that I read where the Daily News posted a story about how the Knicks are playing with house money, but that's going to be for nothing if RJ and Randall continue to play like this and written by Stefan Bondi. Do you think that this season is lost if RJ and Randall don't perform in the next two games and the Knicks lose in game five? Do you think that this season is for nothing? No, we're past that point. Like there's no, we're playing with house money still. It's not even like a conversation. Like there's no, in no way could this, season have been for nothing after we got the fourth seed already got at least one playoff win like we were looking forward to Cade Cunningham we wasn't thinking anything about playoffs we wasn't thinking about we were thinking maybe play in with the roster that we started the season off with so to host a playoff series that's like I don't even want to have that conversation where it's like it's not a conversation we we did everything that you could possibly want from a team that was at the bottom of the barrel last year coming into this season. 
this season was a success no matter what happens at this point. I but think- it can be an even better success if we move on to the second round. I agree with you. I, I think I think Bondi's point when he wrote this article was that the goodwill that the goodwill and optimism that we gained from this season might be considered more of a fluke if RJ and Randall continue to look like this. No where fluke. where somebody may not want to come because of how they perform in round one, which I could see. Or maybe the fans maybe don't look as optimistically because now we're talking about trying to build around two guys who aren't going to show up in the playoffs, which I could see. But I don't agree. We can't even have those conversations about RJ. Like, this is his literally first year in the NBA playoffs. Right. We just drafted him last year. Yep. You have to see him in the playoffs for at least three seasons before you can start talking that kind of talk. And to make that much of a jump that he did to the point where he even got votes for most improved in his second year in the NBA, I'm not concerned about RJ at all. I would like for him to play better this season just because I want to see the Knicks get to the next round. But there's nothing that worries me about RJ. I already know he's going to continue to improve. I know Julius is going to continue to improve. But we want a championship. And we have seen this team make the steps to get closer to that. And I don't want to see it flatline in the first round of the playoffs. I want to see continual growth to the point where we keep seeing our players get better, to to the point where we keep seeing this team get better. And we haven't been seeing that so far this season. We, I mean, this series, we've just been seeing Derrick Rose light it up and Trey Young light it up. <laughs> and... Bogdanovich lighted up. Mm-hmm. And we've seen occasional Obi Toppin highlights, a few moments from RJ, Taj Gibson showing up and proving to New York that he wants us to get this win. And it's just like, bro, like, I want to see steps towards sustainability for the future. I want to see steps towards building something that's going to result in something greater than just the first round a series or a second round series or Eastern Conference Finals or anything like that. We want to build towards a championship, and we got to keep making steady steps to get to that. And if we just want to go on a a cycle where we just keep going to the first and second round because we maxed out Julius Randle and that's all we have, I'm not looking forward to that. I want to see something more than that. Well put. All right. Uh, I don't... We're running long again. We got Close. about two hours. So, I don't know. You got anything you want to plug, French? Man, I want to go and take a nap. I feel like I'm about to die. <laughs> uh, I don't got nothing to plug either. Let's plug Julius Randle into a charger because it looks like he's dying out there too. <laughs> God damn. Tomorrow's game is going to be at 1. It Hopefully. is? Yes, it is. 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be at work. I like that. I'll be at work, so I'm gonna have to set that to record and just rewatch it when I get home. I but, like um, that. We I don't think we've lost a uh, one o'clock game all season. Well, hopefully that'll be what we need. Hopefully Atlanta. I, I, I was thinking Atlanta on short rest coming from New York to Atlanta was gonna kind of get them off, and did not happen like that in Game Three. 
hopefully that'll happen like that for uh, us in game four where they are looking tired and we figure ourselves out and will out a win. Uh, we got, so we got that tomorrow, game four, the 30th at one o'clock. Then we got game five, Hawks at Knicks in the garden. Then we got games, that's say Tuesday. I see. I usually put the day on there. Give me a second. It is Tuesday. Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday at 730. And then on Friday, game six, if necessary. Game six. Can you imagine we get cooked in five? <laughs> June 4th at to be determined, not yet determined on, as of where we recorded this. So we said game four tomorrow, Sunday, one o'clock. Knicks at the Hawks. Hawks will be coming to the Garden Wednesday, June 2nd. 7.30, and then if we don't get cooked in game four and five, game six, Knicks back at the Hawks on Friday. You still not doing those predictions? I'll do a pre- prediction. I, I predict the Knicks win next game, and then they win game five, and then they win game six. Oh, so game's over in six? Yeah. Series is over in six? Yeah. Because I, I can't just like... I'm not going to just accept that this is the Julius Randle for the playoffs. I feel like as soon as Julius Randle finds himself, that's it. It's going to make RJ better, and that's going to be the defining moment of these playoffs. And I, I'm just waiting for that to happen. If that doesn't happen, I'll be surprised. All right. I'll predict wins in games four and five, and then a loss in game six to bring it back home to the Garden for game seven. I'm fine with either outcome. And if we lose in game seven, I'm fine with that. As long and as if we lose in game five, we got to make a trade for everybody to get off this team. <laughs> but you said bring everybody back. What I mean, happened? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I only want. Um, we just need a point guard. And then we figure it out from there. Yeah. I want Alfred gone. And that's get a point much. guard. Bring back Derek Rose. That's that. Uh, or utilize these draft picks or start Derek Rose and get a draft pick point guard. And have him come off the bench. Whatever you got to do. But figure that out first. Sharif and then the next CP3. Depending on what Reggie Bullock's in the rest of this series, maybe we don't bring him back. You heard me? Go look up Sharif, Sharif Cooper. Cooper. I, I heard you. Look him up. That's CP3 2.0. Copy that. Will he be available to us at 19 and 21? Oh, we didn't even talk about that. How you, how you felt about Knicks winning both of their coin flips and getting 19 and 21 in the lottery. Change of fortune. That never happens to the Knicks. Yeah, because we're not It's usually the complete opposite. I said lottery, but we actually wasn't in the lottery, so that's why it happened that way. But we all the draft picks we got, we could easily trade into the lottery. I don't know about easily, but we could definitely... Four picks this year. Yeah, one of them is like the 50, 59th pick. Like, that's not going to move any needles. We could. I think we, we could, could get trade to, that for something a little valuable. I think we could get to fourteen with with all four of those picks, and that's it. That's technically lottery. Uh, this pill got me feeling bad. My bad. <laughs> I tried right, to take a pain relief pill, and that shit just got me sick. All right, bro. All right, so you you said Nixon six. I said Nixon in seven. Either way, as long as Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett show up before the end of the series. 
we're all good with whatever happens. We are playing with house money. And even though these first three games ain't been too good, all we need for them is to show up somewhat, somehow, some way. And we're good. We don't need to win this series. It's not that deep. We just need to see a foundation for the future. Something that is going to, that we have to look forward to when it comes to us, our key pieces, our building blocks moving forward. As long as we get that, it's all good. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. We love y'all. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.